Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Life is full of awesome what ifs, and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. The following is a presentation of the Four Center podcast feed. From the center of the galaxy, this is the Four Center Podcast feed, and this episode is Questions of the Force. What happens in this episode? We get questions from listeners, and hopefully we have answers. I'm Joseph Scrimshaw. I'm Ken Knapsack, excited to answer questions from the wonderfully silly to the profoundly deep. We love taking all <laughs> kinds of questions here. I'm not alone today, Joseph. In our studio, our new dog, uh, Francis, Franny, is in my studio. Uh, so if anyone hears any sounds, any whimps, whimpers or howls or uh, licks, probably most likely, uh, that's Franny joining me here today. Oh, that is wonderful. Welcome to Franny. Uh, new in my studio is uh, I opened from the box, not from the actual package, uh, the Return of the Jedi vintage Emperor that I know you have as well. 
Ooh, yes, yes. The one that comes with uh, just absolutely clenched teeth. Like he he just, it, it's so great. Obviously it's meant to be the moment that he's just, you know, sneering and shocking, but it really does look like, you know, you, you tell someone to smile when they don't want to. And they're like, all right, I'll show you. Yeah. Yeah. It's, I think I've made reference to it last week or so on, on Force Center, but uh, I, I was at uh, uh, my local Target, saw it. And I, in the back of my head, I was like, I know Joseph either already has this, has ordered it, and is aware of it, but I couldn't live not knowing that I made sure. <laughs> and I took a photo and sent it to you because, and I bought it myself. And I'm, I'm thinking of taking it out of the package, like I've said before. It, it, it is one of the my favorite Emperor, emperor figures. It, that face is pure evil, which is what I want in a Palpatine figure. It's so great. And then he comes with the extra hands that are shooting the lightning. And, yeah. and it, I just love packages. We're like, this is a great action figure. What's that behind him? Extra hands. Cool. <laughs> but then what do you do with the hands when you take it out of the package? <laughs> exactly. What do you do with the emperor's extra hands? A deep philosophical question. Uh, we want to get to today's deep philosophical and silly questions from listeners. So we'll start by letting you know that today's podcast is brought to you by Audible. Get a free audiobook download and a 30-day free trial at audibletrial.com slash center. Over 180,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. This week, we are continuing to recommend Brotherhood by Mike Chen, a big adventure of Obi-Wan and Anakin at the beginning of the Clone Wars. Uh, I'm almost done reading it we're going to be discussing it soon so if you want to get caught up and listen to it you can download the audiobook version by going to audibletrial.com slash center again that's audibletrial.com slash center for a free audiobook it helps us and hey it's a free audiobook ken are you ready for some questions yes i am my friend well, we go first to Twitter. We got two questions from Twitter. First is Stephen Kirkpatrick. Stephen says, how far into the Kenobi show do you think we'll have to wait for Obi-Wan to ignite his lightsaber? And what do you think will cause him to use the saber for the first time? Hashtag speculate responsibly. Oh, this is just some great, classic, delicious meat and potatoes, uh, uh, vegan meatballs and potatoes, <laughs> if that's your preference. This is just some great classic stick-to-your-ribs speculating on something fun in the story, right? Yes, it is. Had some great vegan pizza this week at a place called Hot Tongue, not too far from uh, where you are, Joseph. Check it out, everybody. Not okay. a sponsor. Um, <laughs> yes. Um, man, this is fun. So here, here's – there's part of me that might want – Obi-Wan's first ignition of the lightsaber not to happen until he's standing in front of Darth Vader and Skywalker, something like that. Can we wait? And is that going to happen at the end of the show? Right. Uh, then there's my, then my mind goes, but no, 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 no. What if the first 10 seconds are him standing before Vader and he ignites the lightsaber and then there's a freeze frame. And then Michael Sarah <laughs> says, uh, that was me uh, three weeks ago. And we do that. I don't know. Uh, I, at the end of the day, I want it to be delayed. I want a little delayed lightsaber satisfaction uh, I, a little bit later. Yeah, maybe I'm being overly affected by the way the trailer is handling handling it, right? Like that yeah, yeah. first uh, trailer in particular, that teaser, where it the, that line about like, you know, hope or, or the image about hope and he's looking up and you feel like the next shot should be the and instead they put it in the blue lightsaber ignites to help cut out the uh, Disney logo. It's right. building up. It's a, it's this awareness of the anticipation for that moment. Right. Um, 
And I think in the storytelling, they also have to be super aware. This isn't Obi-Wan in the Clone Wars. This isn't Phantom Menace. We're just like, yeah, no, I mean, I ignite my lightsaber 27 times a day. It's just part of life. It's Tuesday, right? <laughs> this is a time where it has deep meaning, significance, risk. You know, it's not just the audience applause factor. It's so meaningful to the character in the era, which just kind of like amps it all up for how cool is that first moment going to be. Um, I think there's a possibility that it's later. What mm-hmm. my my uh, hope is, which is different than the speculation, my hope is at the end of episode two. Okay, um, kind of like, yeah. 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 So, yeah. Like that, that's kind of the out into the wild, the, the calls been answered type of moment or. Yeah. Like fully into this new world. Um, I think a lot of the limited series of all kinds that have been six episodes have been very much structured uh, like a movie with three acts where it shifts a little bit, but basically first two episodes, first act, and then second episode, two episodes, second act, and third act, um, in, in having a lot of those beats. And I think it might be one of the reasons that they made the choice to release the first two episodes so that we're, by the end of the second episode, yeah. all of the exposition, all of the setup is established and we're launching into the adventure. Obi-Wan is crossing the threshold into his version of a new world. Um, and I think that could be, I think he'll go off planet within those first two episodes but igniting that blade is really the like I am truly taking my first step not into a larger world <laughs> but back into my previous world which is new for me yeah there's something about even um Ewan's comments in the interview we were talking about this past week on Star Wars or yesterday on Star Wars news with the the Empire magazine and he's got to decide if he wants to go back right if he even wants to go to the way way he was that the lightsaber really does symbolize that. Cause I was even thinking in a, in a jokey sense, maybe, maybe it starts with him in the cave with the lightsaber out. And he's just like, Oh, look at this. Look at what this represents to me. But then I'm like, I think even igniting the lightsaber at this point in his life, cause this isn't Obi-Wan and Chalman's cantina with, with Panda Baba or anything like that. at this point in his life, just even looking at like, maybe even has it in a box. I don't know. Uh, there's something about that that I could get behind. And again, we're seeing him fight with blasters, all this kind of thing. Hand things. to hand. Hand to hand. And you're right. Just He's hiding, too. Number one, stay hidden. That's one of the things. So, yeah, at this point, lightsabers um, uh, probably don't come on out. Anyways, I, I'm, exci- I'm excited. This is a great question, Stephen, because I hadn't focused. I'd focus on so many other things about the series that I love. But the 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 igniting of the blade, his blade, it's going to be a cool, cool moment, which is why maybe I want to wait a little bit. Yeah, yeah. I think if it doesn't happen in the first two episodes, uh, that will definitely affect the discussion around Star Wars Celebration. (laughs) When's he going to ignite the blade? Uh, We should also acknowledge that in that recent Empire uh, article or uh, magazine article, uh, there was an image of uh, of Obi-Wan. Uh, with the blade ignited, it, just the fig, just his figure, uh, either cropped out of the background, like you're making <laughs> yeah. a little cut and paste uh, montage art for yourself there, um, or or it's a promotional shot. But yeah. in terms of the the second part of Stephen's question here of what will cause him, I kind of like the idea that the first time it comes out, he is alone and cornered by an inquisitor. Um, mm, okay, yeah, because looking at that second trailer. Um, we see him using a blaster with stormtroopers on what looks like Tatooine. Um, we see him using blaster against what appears to be a bounty hunter chasing him down on what appears to be Dio. Right. Um, but we know the inquisitors are on him. So there's something about it to me. That's like, if he's, if he's blasting away while he's out in public, but he, he gets somewhere on Dio of like, uh, there is no other spectators around and 
an inquisitor corners me and I'm not revealing anything by igniting it. And I need my lightsaber for an inquisitor. I like that. They're not a stormtrooper. They're not a bounty hunter. Right. Uh, yeah. I need my blade <laughs> uh, uh, for this yeah. conflict. Yeah. A matter of true survival at that point. Mm-hmm. True survival. Yeah. yeah. That that's the, that's my uh, wild fun speculation. How about yourself? Um, I, I, yeah, with great purpose is is the easy answer for me. So whether it's just simply as you know protecting Luke, something we kind of uh, the, that was part of the big beats, one of the big beats and the, the themes in that Rebels Twin Sons moment, right? That he mm-hmm. doesn't really doesn't really take that kind of action until he feels uh, Maul is going to threaten his mission there. So that's got to kind of be it. But I, I I think we're going to get a clash with Reva or just any Inquisitor, Fifth Brother, or otherwise. Uh, I think you're going to get that clash. Now, could the first non-red lightsaber in the series be ignited by someone else not named Kenobi? We'll find out. Mm-hmm. Wonderful things to speculate on as well. As, uh, you know, who other, what other Jedi survived and are they around? Uh, so I, I could see that, but yeah, I, I'm with you on that. I don't have any, uh, any, any deviation from that idea of, of, of he, if he pulls it out, uh, it is to defend and is defend himself. It is for survival. It is for the overall mission that he's on, which is Luke. Yeah. Yeah, ultimately. Yeah, uh, that's great. So much fun uh, Kenobi speculation. I'm almost sad that we have a limited window to speculate because soon we will know the answers. We'll know the answers. Uh, one, Joseph, when do you think is the first time Kenobi will take a drink? <laughs> I think it, I think water within the first 10 minutes. <laughs> okay, well, you know. At a bar? Uh, I hope that's the entire fourth episode. Yeah, same, same, same. <laughs> All right, moving along from lightsabers and drinking, a dangerous combination, uh, we go to Matt K. Uh, Matt says, uh, I know Joseph likes to keep his Star Wars figures carded. Do you see that changing when Hasbro moves to plastic-free packaging and you won't be able to see the figure unless you open the box? Uh, Matt, thank you uh, for directing this question to my action figure obsessions, but I grabbed this because I was also really interested in your thoughts, Ken, about how you decide when to open a figure, when not to open a figure, and if it's going to change when not as many figures have the plastic packaging where you can see the actual figure. Yeah, which I'm okay with, and that will force me to open a lot of them. Yeah, I think that's, first of all, it's a, you know, it's 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 kind of a, I guess you could say a theme and slash problem in my life, a, a commitment issue. Uh, <laughs> when I look at them in my in the package, I'm like, well, if I take it out, I'm committing to this that they're opening, uh, that the package is open and the figure is out. <laughs> I just don't know. And so there you go. I'll go to my therapist with that one there. Um, I I really do think it with the the lack of seeing them um, and lack of just being able to pin them on a wall and display them will cause me to open them uh, more. Um, and, and I'm and I'm good with that. I'm good with yeah. that. I'm good. I'm good with it for the the bigger issues of uh plastic free and all that kind of stuff. I can get behind that. And, and yeah, you know, and I'll say this as someone who's, you know, big switch to being vegan was not just about my health, but maybe uh health of the world a little bit. Um, I, I will miss not being able to have a good old plastic package. I'm not going to lie there, but no. I keeping with star Wars. I'm not afraid to move forward. And then if the benefit is opening up some good old plastic figures, <laughs> uh, I'm good with that too. Yeah, no, I'm really excited about it because it is an opportunity to embrace change. Uh, Obviously, I do think it is uh, good for the world. Uh, So I'm excited for a lot lot of those reasons. I understand what what you're saying about uh, you're, you're, you're committing to changing the state of this figure by opening it. What makes you do that? What makes you look at a figure and go, this one, I'm really happy to have, you know, up on my wall in the package. Mm -hmm. 
what makes you go, I got to take this one out? You know, I, I'm literally, as you're, as you're speaking, I, I have examples of, I don't know. I, I'm like, so I have, I have a, a Funko Pop Leia on a speeder bike, right? Mm-hmm. And I bought that a few years ago. And that's like one of my favorite layers, one of my favorite sequence, uh, very important. And I couldn't take, I, I had, I couldn't keep that in the box because I just wanted to be able to feel the actual figure, the bike, uh, the the poncho and the helmet. And there's something about that uh, where uh, on the uh, same, same uh, room here, I have a bunch of Leia figures. So I'll use Leia as the example, this character that means a lot to me. I have four Leia figures in package on the wall, just because it, it, it's fine. It looks good. It's, it's a collection. It's her through the era, through the different eras. Whereas that speeder bike one, I just kind of need to, if I want to pull it off the shelf and go vroom, vroom, vroom with it, that's what I want. <laughs> you want to play. I want to play. I want to play. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that is, that's really great. Yeah. I, I think, um, I've been thinking about this uh, a, a lot. I've been working on, um, some some action figure uh writing so i've been thinking about this a lot which is really really fun um i'm excited about the the plastic free packaging because it alleviates uh some of my mm-hmm. <laughs> my package anxieties to me i i love action figures for two reasons because they're they're toys that are meant to be taken out and yeah. uh played with or displayed vroom 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 um the ones that i've taken out of the package in the last couple of years I, I, you know i've bought uh two of to get over the anxiety um mm-hmm. but like i have my last jedi luke right next to me i have the um yeah. vintage collection ray from rise of skywalker and like they're, they're, they're different because there are other packages they're my little desk buddies <laughs> yes yes <laughs> i yes. can pick them up and have this different relationship with them and i believe that's what toys should be but then it, it's not it, for me, it isn't any sort of like, um, oh, they won't be valuable. They won't be mint. It, it's mm-hmm. on the card. Um, they are pieces of art to me. And the package yes. is a mm-hmm. part of the art. It is, uh, you know, the artwork on the package. It's the warnings that are on the package. It, it's yeah. the advertisements for the other figures that came out in that wave. Sometimes the funny text uh about the 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 figure Th- those are all a, a stamp of when it was made they have aesthetic value in and of themselves and to me the the whole package is a piece of art even even the way the figure is posed inside if it's done well or sometimes it's awkward <laughs> yeah. that's kind of like a, a a part of it to me so it, i have this mm. um complex relationship because i do believe they should be taken out and they they're meant to be taken out but at the same time taking them out of the package to me is kind of like looking at the mona lisa and going yeah but the the picture the paintings of mona lisa so you can just cut her off from the background <laughs> like, like um, no the background's <laughs> part of the painting it helps define the figure mona lisa you know that's that's amazing i actually want to dig in a little bit more i think you're so right the the stereotype of uh of uh you know jeff alberts and the comic book guy from the simpsons don't take it out it's mint condition like that that's a, a stereotype that's long just has no relevance anymore it's just long gone um the value of these figures is not the concern because there's so many of them now we're in a different era that unless it is uh return of the jedi era kenner luke with a no punched out card it has no real value to me right i'm not collecting this for any money that's long long been just removed as consideration so it does become how i want to appreciate appreciate the art i'm with you same with comic books right like I still get the the actual uh, comic books. I don't go, go digital. I don't even go trade paperbacks, which is probably would be more conducive to my reading uh, mm-hmm. time frame. I love the individual covers as art. And <laughs> Funko, 
they're not the best figures. They're kind of silly. They're designed to be silly. That packaging has always been what has made them interesting to me. They just look good. They look fun. They look bright. So I think to answer your question even uh, you know, a little more deeper, what I pull out of the packaging might be um, a situation of how I want to appreciate this piece of art different uh, than the other piece. Yeah. 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 That, yeah, that's really well said because like, it, it's not like when I look at my, my Luke and my Ray, my desk buddies that I think like they're less than in some ways they're fully realized. Uh, yeah. So it's, it is this art that you can appreciate in these two different states. Um, yeah. Which brings me back to uh, the, the plastic free packaging. I've got a, a deluxe Boba Fett um, a vintage three and three quarter that I've had pre-ordered since the book of Boba Fett was airing. That right. is allegedly coming to me in July. We'll see. Um, and that one ha- is plastic free. It's just the image. And I'm thrilled because in order to open it, I'll probably just need to cut some tape. And that's yeah, so yeah. different to me than in order to open a vintage card, you do violence to it, right? It's like literally ripping <laughs> it and violence. tearing it. And, and this is, this is for me a little bit of like definitely a therapy issue. Um, <laughs> but it is, it's, it's not just changing the state. It can never be back in that state again. Right. It, and it's, right, right. you know, you, I know some people are, are amazing at taking the blister card off and can do it without, you know, tearing the art. But, right, you know, right. uh, especially when you're a kid, you just tear it and it's just like, that's gone. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You just, and half the image rips up with it. And you're like, yeah, whatever. When you're a kid, uh, at least I was. Yeah. And the idea that, okay, I can look at the package uh, and then I can just take my trusty pocket knife and slit some tape and fold it open. And I'm not really doing violence to the packaging. Yeah. And then take that Boba Fett out and really appreciate the figure is just the figure and, and you know, this yeah. piece of art in that state. Great. I can play with him. I can pose him. Maybe Boba Fett will become a desk buddy. <laughs> yeah. We'll yeah. see. But then if I ever want to just like hang the package up and look at it as the package, then that art is preserved as well. Ooh, see, you're selling me on that. Yeah. I, you know, you can, as try as you might, like the Funko Pop packages, I, I pulled some of them out and then try to put them back, back in the box. I can never get it right. The box is always just a little <laughs> round now. It's no longer square. It's round and put. Um, so I agree with you. If that could be a little easier. It opens up some op- options. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's interesting. It's fun. We're having some fun. You can tell we both get excited by just different ways uh, we do it. And, and I, I, yeah, that, that might be how, how, uh, how I decide. Like I'm, I'm looking at this emperor. I, I'm staring at it right now. And I'm like, I'm opening it up. I'm going to open it up because I want to display Palpatine with his lightning bolts. Uh, and, and, and appreciate it in a different way. Right. He'd be beautiful with the lightning bolts actually flying, but then there's also a kind of beauty of him trapped in that package with the weird lightning hands in it. You know, you can't initially see his hands. You just see the lightning coming up over his shoulder and it looks like he has yeah. wings. It does. <laughs> On the wings of Palpy. <laughs> exactly. On the wings of Palpy. Coming soon to Top Radio, Top 40 Radio. <laughs> so yeah, uh, the that was the very long answer, Matt K, for this great question. The short answer is, I'm really excited. I can't wait to take a uh, deluxe Boba Fett out because the, yeah. the figure is super important to me and, and I don't want to have a package where the, the figure inside is just a mystery. So I'll definitely yeah. be opening Boba Fett up and playing with him. Yeah, long answer. But you know what, Matt K, he knew what he was doing when he asked that question. He knew it was going to be long. <laughs> I think he did. I think he knew he was, he was opening a package of its own, <laughs> a Pandora's box of talk. Uh, We're going to take a quick break and we'll be back with our questions from our patrons on Patreon. Hold up. 
Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. And we are back to continue questions of the force. We took some questions from uh, listeners on Twitter, and we go now to patrons on Patreon. Uh, this comes to us from Jega Radomni. Uh, I apologize. I am sure uh, that I did not uh, pronounce your name entirely correctly. I apologize uh, for that. Here is the question. Hello, I love your show. Been listening for a long time. Question for you guys. Do you think we'll see a movie or show that explains Maul's story between his Crimson Dawn days and where he ends up in Rebels. I know we've seen a lot of him, but I'd really love to know what happened. Uh, mm-hmm. I am right there with you. I'd love to know what happened. I'm going to start here, Ken, mm-hmm. that uh, I am not caught up on all of the Kira comics uh, or mm-hmm. comics that Kira has appeared in. I know that in the uh, the Bounty Hunter War, it's 
pretty clear that she is in charge of, of Crimson Dawn, right? Mm-hmm. Um, which, you know, um, Maul's not around at that point in the timeline anyway. Um, and I know that we're getting this, uh, the or, or it started, the Kira Crimson Dawn comic, and I am not caught up with those at all. Are you caught up with those? I am not caught up with Crimson Rain. I have Crimson a, Rain, excuse me. Yeah, uh, War of the Bounty Hunter one I am. And yeah, you're correct on the timeline there as well. So yeah, um, to my knowledge, none of this has even been hinted at. Like I, she hasn't been like, and there, then there was that time I fought Darth, uh, former Darth Maul on that planet. Nothing that I remember. I also have a problem retaining my comic book information. Right. But it, it hasn't, I would think that, uh, you know, obviously possibility always that uh, there's something that we don't know. So we want to acknowledge that. But I would think if the first issue of Crimson Rain was, and this is how Kira <laughs> marooned right. Maul on Malachor, uh, there would have been some echoes of that uh, on yeah. social media. Yeah, indeed. Uh, which means at this time, even if there's some implications in the comic books that maybe we don't know about, that that story, the clash between, uh, the theoretical clash between uh, Kira and Maul, uh, how he goes from commanding her to join him on Dathomir to marooned on Malachor is a big, wide-open mystery. Uh, do you want to see that story, and where and how? Absolutely want to. I absolutely do. And I know a lot of people out there, there's a do, and there's all rumors, whether it's, uh, you know, hey, make Solo 2 happen from the Resistance broadcast folks or rumors of animated series and all those kind of things. Uh, I'm at the point of, hey, I just going to kind of wait back until something concrete develops, and, and maybe it does, uh, and maybe it doesn't. And if it doesn't, I have a lot of headcanon I'm going to plug into it. It is about Maul's story, but I think it is now, it's impossible to think about that without Kira's story. So that's why it's appealing for a lot of fans, too. We love Kira here. We love um, the the potential of the story. We love what is there, what the character represents. And I think a lot of people do, too. That's why she uh, was brought back uh, for the War of the Bounty Hunter series. But the other side of it is uh, Maul. Maul's an interesting case study to me of of how to not learn lessons, how to not change. And I think that's valuable too. So I do want to see what happened. And I think the best way, I don't know if it's, I, I, I think it might be animated. I, I, I don't know about that. I don't know. I, I, I haven't solo made me think otherwise. I'd love to see Amelia Clark in the role. So, you know, I, I, I might go there, but I think, just mall designs, whereas the voice, it just might flow a better uh, animated. I'm, th- I'm lost. I don't know. I'll yeah. Flip a coin. I'll flip a coin. Yeah. I mean, I think uh, I'm, I go down a similar uh, a maze of thoughts that you do is yeah. I really want this story. And there is a question to me of how much is it Maul's story and how much is it is Kira's story or do they become disconnected? Right. There's this world right. where, um, you you follow you pick up with Kira arriving in, in the first light uh, on Dathomir and, mm-hmm. and it mm-hmm. and it would be fun to see that you know a pleasure yacht spaceship just parked over creepy old Dathomir um, yeah. and see like her her you know the way she gets around Maul's clear suspicion um, how does she rise in power how does she get his trust. Uh, does she defeat him separate from him ending up on Malachor? How does he end up on Malachor could maybe be its own journey. All, all those questions are interesting to me. Right. But I think I'm most interested in Kira, kind of Kira versus Maul. How does she end up in charge? Um, mm-hmm. And I think because I love Amelia Clark's performance, there's a part of me is like, yeah, Disney Plus show, please. <laughs> I would be right. thrilled. I think that's my first choice. But then, yeah, you do get into like, okay, the way they did it in Solo with Ray Park performing and Sam Witwer doing the voice worked great. 
Uh, yeah, but that was yeah. one scene where he was having a super spooky business meeting. <laughs> yes, yes. But if it's like, if the show is, you know, Crimson Dawn, Colin Kira versus Maul, and he is holding up one half of the show, does that process get onerous? All that stuff. Yeah. Um, also, I, you know, there, there was uh, there was an incident uh, with Ray Park with a, yeah. a an inappropriate thing posted on Instagram uh, that that allegedly then his wife said it was it was a misunderstanding a lot of a lot of um, ambiguity on the research yeah. I did. It's very very unclear what happened there. Yeah. Um, yeah. But I, I just wanted to footnote that because I think that's that that some fans are aware of. There's something floating around with uh, Ray yeah. Park. Uh, it, it to me in the research I was able to do there there's a lot of ambiguity so I have no yeah. strong opinion uh, on that. Same, same, same. Yeah. So, but yeah, I think it, it factors into any kind of dreaming up of what might what might come, which is why maybe even subconsciously I'm thinking, yeah, yeah, yeah Clone Wars season seven was great, and I know he did the mocap for it. I get that, mm-hmm. but you know, um, yeah, he did mocap for the fight. Yeah. Yeah, so ignoring any of the sort of the real world situation, which may or yeah. may not be an obstacle, yeah. um, that there's also just the like the practical. Is that does that really work uh, to have so much of that sort of split performance that they did an amazing job syncing up on for Solo? So maybe they do an amazing job, but well, well, you, you'd even go into Phantom Menace with with Peter Serafinovich, like you didn't have a lot of heart to heart, long form conversations with Maul and other people. You know, right? It, it, it was just uh, Park doing excellent work on the set and the fights and some famous and at times infamous lines. So even then, it's it would be it's different uh, than what you, you would want out of a live action version. Now, if you to do a combination of uh, actor and a voice actor there. So, and, and again, they could do it. It's, it wouldn't be the first time <laughs> ADR, all this stuff. I get it. Yeah, No, it, ADR I, I is nothing new, but it yeah. also demands uh, a performance from Ray Park. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, yeah, it's interesting there, but yeah. So anyways, the, uh, no easy answer. I, I just want the story here. Yeah. Yeah. So if there were an animated version of the story, uh, that would be great too, but I definitely, it, it's one of the most intriguing, uh, uh, threads from Solo that I would love to pick up on and I think really a chance to tell Maul's story because he, he's such a beloved character and I want to know his story and uh, and I really want to know Kira's story it's almost fascinating to me if like you you did an animated show where they started out in conflict and then they kind of went their separate ways <laughs> Yeah, and, and you, you followed Kira's growth in, in taking over Crimson Dawn and you followed uh, Maul ending up on Malachor if, if they're not one and the same yeah fascinating fun stuff great question thank you very much any other thoughts on hearing about maul's story um once oh this sorry this might be a deeper thought i will say this as controversial as this might be this is a hot take if if we get the story i do not want it in novel or comic book form now would i take it if that's the only way yes but i want to i want to see it in a different i want to see it moving on, on, on the screen in front of me I agree with that. I love so many of the books, uh, so yep. many of the comics. I think they do a phenomenal job. There is something about a mall that is, you know, obviously very visual, very mm-hmm. kinetic. <laughs> he yes. uh, carried the entire, basically the entire promotion of the Phantom Menace on his back. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> By his appearance in that great lightsaber fight. And then, yes, e- even if it's animated and we get Amelia Clark to voice it, she, her yeah. performance is phenomenal and I'd want her involved. Yeah, exactly. 
All right. I agree with your oh, spicy, <laughs> spicy hot take. We're going to move on then uh, to our final question here. Uh, patron uh, David Litchfield uh, says, I absolutely subscribe to the idea that Star Wars offers one of the absolute best means of escapism from real life earthbound problems in politics. But in your view, what are the best teachings, lines of dialogue and general philosophies from a galaxy far, far away that help you understand and cope with the big all too real global events that we have been witness to recently. Uh, when David put this question in, it was it was quite a ways why he's back because it takes us a, a little while to get to all of the great questions on uh, on Patreon. Um, and we had had kind of a similar discussion. Uh, and David very kindly acknowledged, like, "Hey, you kind of answered this, <laughs> mm. but you know what? We wanted to answer it again fully. Mm. It's a great question, David, and I think framed in a really important way. So." Ken, I actually want to start with the, the great way that David frames this, that Star Wars can be two things, right? It can be escapism. It can be like, I, I worked really hard today. I had this stress and I just want to go watch a bonkers weird scene in, in space, you know, right. uh, and, and see some weird, funny, terrifying creatures fight some awesome heroes. Yay. Or it, it can also be, hey, I want to understand how, uh, you know, an entire people uh, could give away all of their power to <laughs> a, yeah. a, a fascist dictator uh, yeah. and really invest in that. I want to watch one of the really political episodes of the the Clone Wars and understand, you know, what Padme's real life political alignments are. Like, it can be both of those things. How do you feel about that? And how do you sort of manage how you take in Star Wars when it can be both? I, I think, yeah, it, it's both, both ways are so valid and you're so right. Cause we all, we, we need that, uh, you know, as, as, uh, as a, a comedian who was unactive for so many years and now I'm back uh, doing, doing comedy. I, I try to, in my own set, find the val- balance of, I just want to make some people laugh, but I also want to make sure I got some stuff in there that just makes you think, cause I am communicating my view of the world to you. Um, I don't believe in the idea of it's just jokes, folks. Uh, every joke tells something, but he also, you, you don't want to come in with a sledgehammer <laughs> right? for nine minutes or whatever. And I think so it's okay to do what you did uh, where some days, yeah, you know what I just want to do? I want to watch the pod race because I love those sounds. I love everything about it now. And I just want to enjoy that. Or sometimes I want to put in um, Revenge of the Sith just so I can hear that music while Anakin and Obi-Wan are fighting. And I don't want to worry about why they're fighting. <laughs> but the other side, uh, especially, uh, well, I was going to say lately, but, it's so interesting, it, tragic, really, that you you, know, you say David submitted this question a little bit ago, and it's almost evergreen mm-hmm. um, in terms of global events. But also, that's life. I, you know, whether you see it on a tweet or a news story, horrible things happen every day, and that's important to remember. And because we, the way we talk about Star Wars, but the way as I've gotten older, I, I, I pull more from Star Wars than I ever have. And I always mention that Carl Weathers segment that the, 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 in the Mando behind the scenes stuff talking about, you know, this stuff was here for me in my early 20s, probably when I needed it, but I didn't really <laughs> hear it till later. And that's the beauty of Star Wars. I'm so happy that we, over the years at Force Center, have just really doubled down on the discussion of the themes and discussion of what Star Wars means. I was moved um uh, on the on the day of George Lucas's birthday uh, was also the tragedy in Buffalo, and it's like, what do you do against all that pain? What do you do against all that suffering? And I'm like, here you got this guy who who sits down with a pad of paper and says, I want to put something out into the world that is about 
confronting fear, that fear is evil and, and greed and power are never enough. And how do you lose uh, things? How does good, good people and even good organizations go bad? All these things and also hope, <laughs> that little thing mm-hmm. called hope, it is super silly. And it is, if, if you're more a Marvel person or you don't like movies, you like something else, you don't need to spend all the time with Star Wars to get this. These, these lessons can be found elsewhere. But for those of us invested in Star Wars, for those of us who continue to talk about Star Wars, I'm glad to be on this side of, of the discussion that is about these themes that mean so much. Because I have learned more from Star Wars in the last two years than I have in my first uh, 44 being a Star Wars fan. <laughs> And, and that moves me and inspires me. Uh, and, and that's my starting overall starting point of this. Discussion. <laughs> yeah, that's really great to hear. And, and I think we're, uh, aligned. I, I, the more we talk about, uh, Star Wars and, and get to hear other people's, uh, perspectives and how it's affected their lives. Uh, the depth of it is really profound to me and how intentional it is. And, Mm-hmm. I always say it's just subjective. If you don't like a scene or you don't like a line or you think that was poorly written or whatever, that's all always valid. Um, but to step back and, and look at so much of it and see every line is intentional. Every beat is intentional to build these ideas of uh, hope in the face of crushing darkness and how easy it is to divide people with, with fear and mm-hmm. how, how difficult but rewarding it is to try to find a, uh, uh, strength in, in, in unity and in, in respecting yourself, but also respecting the group and that by helping others, you help yourself, all these ideas, they're in there everywhere, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. And that is really powerful. I think for me, this is one of the reasons that I like star Wars is that it is this balance. I think Lucas had, you know, he's talked about in interviews, books that like, Hey, I want to tell a modern myth um, that, that gives kids some, maybe some guidelines on how to find themselves and deal with the scary parts of the world and, and ultimately gives them hope. Um, so I want to tell this modern myth, not in a way that's just like looking at the world and having this sort of bleak outlook on the scary stuff, but I want it to be fun and joyful. So it draws people into these lessons. So, okay, then I'm going to tell the story in this fun, joyful way that pulls on things that I liked when I was a kid, which is the pulpy serial adventure. And this is sometimes why I'm always on about the pulpy serial adventure, because to me, it's one half of Star Wars. And it is the part that is joyful. It's the part that that David is describing that's escapism. It's mm-hmm. the the part that's that's just a, a fun noise, a fun scene. Lightsabers are cool. <laughs> yeah. They're meaningful, but also they're just cool. And it's cool to watch two characters fight with them. Right. Yeah. And, you know, even in like The Last Jedi, a movie that I absolutely love, I feel like it tilts a little bit more to the depth and the morals and the myth. And I think it's a little lighter on the pulp and the adventure. And to me, the, the action scenes it has are, are pretty much phenomenal um mm-hmm. uh but they're they're a little bit more spaced out right yeah, uh, yeah. unlike lucas who's just like it's gotta it's gotta come at every beat you know it's yeah. one of the things that happens with rise of skywalker too that some people don't enjoy because it it's moving too fast but i think it has this commitment yeah to the pulpy adventure excitement escapism mm-hmm. uh, uh moments so that's what i'm really fascinated about is delivering this depth while also having this other side that's just pulpy weird fun escapism so you can enjoy it on both levels or on one day you can say i'm devastated and i need leia and padme to give me hope 
<laughs> yeah. And another day you can say, I just need a break from it all. So I'm going to look at all those weirdos in the cantina and laugh and have mm-hmm. fun, you know, mm-hmm. and you can do both. Yeah. Yeah, no, and it's important to be able to do both. I've made reference to some of this stuff before in terms of music. You know, you, Joseph, you and I are both big music fans, and often those references and bands come into our conversations here. But you could absolutely, absolutely enjoy a song, sing and dance in the corner to the beat. Uh, It's a radio hit you love from the mid-90s, but it's also (laughs) a song that's about someone dealing with the HIV crisis. Both exist. If you want to dance in the corner at the wedding and, and enjoy the beat, great. On the other days, you want to find the true meeting, what the artist was saying. It's always there for you, uh, and, and you can enjoy it. But Star Wars is that big and deep for me now. Uh, I am I moved more, like I said, this idea that George was like, cool. I did American Graffiti because Francis uh, Ford Coppola told me to write a lighthearted comedy. I did that. I did, I did my Star Wars thing because I can't do Flash Gordon. I'm going to do Apocalypse now. Gary Kurtz, you want to go do this? Hey, something's happening. You know what, Francis? You take that one. I'm going to go for the – I'm going to go at a different angle. and. It, it it sometimes I I don't know how to phrase this correctly, Joseph. But like sometimes I I almost get um, um, not upset at Star Wars, but like I wish it was a little more just direct. <laughs> like I wish <laughs> I wish General Jando down and pulled it down and was like, "What you're seeing here is uh, a lesson on uh, the dangers of fascism." <laughs> you know, and instead it's just you know I wish because because I always say this, and I don't want to get into like hot takes and debates and everything, but. I find that a lot of people that have debated with me off air, off air, about what they feel about sequel era movies. And again, I always say you can like and engage. I know original Jersey fans that just want to stick there. That's fine. But I, I, I sometimes marvel that some people are like some of the some of the things about, say, episode eight. I'm like, oh, I get it. You didn't pay attention to episode six. You didn't you engage with it on, on not the wrong level, but you stopped. Mm hmm. And, and you didn't understand what the movie was communicating. Totally fine. It Why would you? You're seven. But you stuck with that. And and I, I, I want to, I have no problem at the risk of being grumpy, pushing people a little harder to engage with Star Wars if you love Star Wars. If you yeah. get your inspiration from Lord of the Rings, Indiana Jones, uh, you know, reading a Dickens novel, I don't care. Um, but if you're here for Star Wars, I want you, I want to push you a little bit. I want to challenge you to actually see what is there and not worry about the plots, not worry the connections, not worry about the lore. That's always going to be there. We're going to have fun. You and I have a lot of fun talking about Max Rios, but we just did that on <laughs> Tuesday. And we right? might do it again. And we it might, might be an every again. Tuesday thing. But in the face of uh, un, un, uh, you know, just uh, unnerving, uh, heart-wrenching tragedy all over the world, globally or even in your own backyard or your own life, or even if you're just feeling down, Star Wars has – that answer and it has a, a has a little bit of a blueprint and it's also about how you can fall off that blueprint and get back on and i just want people to push push i want to push them more and more to engage with that mm-hmm. sorry was that a rant i think that was a rant no no it's an honest uh it's an honest opinion and i think that's where it becomes really helpful to you know try to define the conversations that we're having and, mm-hmm. and i think it's totally understandable that that everything gets blurred but there is just that conversation of a casual conversation uh, with with fans of like, you know, what is your favorite lightsaber? What's your favorite fight scene? Did you like this one or did you like that one? And it's just it's just about opinions. It's just mm-hmm. it's to me, it's really engaging with like, yeah, it's it's, it's a these are fun movies and, and you know, they're fast and weird and, and they can be embraced as escapism. And, and it, to me, that's always it's there's no debate needed. Your opinion was your opinion. <laughs> We're yeah. all right. It's opinions. And then for me, you, 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 
drift into this other side that is analysis of mm-hmm. what are the films really truly saying and what evidence do we have from the text what arguments can we make mm-hmm. that say here's my argument about what this film is about or what yeah. the point of this scene is and here's my supporting evidence from the text and if you want to take it you know outside of it here's my supporting evidence from you know uh, quotes from creators involved if you want to look at it that way but that really moves into this sort of analytical space and i i think a lot of the tension is that our our, our conversations exist in this muddy space in between <laughs> mm, yeah uh, between opinions and analysis and what i hear you saying is for me if, if somebody just wants to say i love this star wars and i don't like this one like cool great when when people kind of have an opinion about what star wars means and i think it's not supported by the text it makes me want to go let's have an an analytical conversation not an opinion conversation let's have an analytical conversation state your argument and show me your evidence because i think you're taking the wrong lesson from star wars yeah can i can i be specific as one that gets needles me and it it pushes me off the edge of uh cliff diving into grumpiness which i star wars will teach me how to like the the idea that uh, go to the the lightsaber toss in 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 last jedi and go to the lightsaber catch by luke in rise of skywalker and the idea that that is uh was done intentionally to negate uh you know fight back against aid and everything um I, I, it drives me it drives me crazy because you you were the first to like say I think off air we're just like finish watching the movie <laughs> Last Jedi finish yeah. wa- the Luke at the end of Last Jedi is it would have been the Force Ghost that grabs the the saber and tells Ray hey you know what you were right I learned that lesson sorry um, you can have an opinion that you don't like that you didn't like the toss and eight that's fine yeah but but my point is. What we're doing, I want to push you to dig deeper to what you're talking about of, of, of connecting and the, the, the analysis of it is then I think I, there's such a powerful lesson at the end of eight. And I just want you to get it. And I don't want you to worry about what you thought the movie making process was here. And I don't want to, I'm tired of the gaming fine of it here. And I was part of it. I was part of many big channels and many big shows for a while that had their heyday in the sun that are long gone. That are about let's debate this and win. Let's score a point, and 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 mm-hmm. I think that that poisoned the well a lot. Uh, on 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 again, uh, I, I, if you didn't like the toss at eight, I totally get it. Also, did, I don't physically like the toss. Like I, I wish he tossed it differently. Great, but don't, the, the, the point of that whole movie, that journey, that character, and then in nine to confirm it to go, yeah, I I, I Luke, even in my in my state in my life uh, at the end of my life, I learned the big valuable lesson. That just has. It's so powerful to me. I just, I just, I guess I don't want you to miss it while you're debating the, the, the surface of things, man. And and that's, that's why I almost just have to, I repeat, we repeat ourselves a lot here. Maybe we almost like we're apologizing (laughs) for it. Not in this conversation, we're just in four center overall. And I just get, it it does turn to grumpiness because I'm like, but then you're, then, then you're going on a show and you're talking about this and that, that poisons the well, the conversation around uh, for casual fans who go, I, oh, I, I heard JJ went into Reddit and, and just did that because of that. Like what? It's a lie. <laughs> and it's also not what's there. What's yeah. there. Star Wars is offering so much. It's yeah. so much there. <sighs> I think that's a, uh, that's a perfect I- I- example because both those beats, the tossing and the catching. Hey, if, if, if we're talking about opinions, did you like them or not? Conversation done. You know, you didn't yeah, like yeah. the way it was done. You did. You didn't, feel right to you, you felt it was too heavy handed the way it was executed on either of them. I think they're both 
uh, a little bit heavy handed. You're always making that choice uh, as a creator, as a writer, director and actor of like, how subtle do we go and how big do we go? Yeah. Those are both big moments. Yes. <laughs> that yes. show Luke in one spot and another spot. They're both big. Whatever opinion you want to have about them, it's mm-hmm. yours. But if you want to make an argument about what the beat means, then mm-hmm. yeah, then then let's roll up our sleeves and and let's, you know, use the whole text not um not just conjecture yeah and the text is as we've talked about so many times of luke thinks out that he should not take action the lightsaber is a symbol of action he's showing ray very firmly i will not take action by the end of last jedi he has been convinced that it is his fear that is keeping him from acting and he finds a path to act in a way that he is confident will only help and defend and won't hurt anyone, which is what he's afraid of. And in the text declares, it's not just the declaration of I'm holding the lightsaber, the literal words out of our hero, Luke Skywalker's mouth, and I will not be the last Jedi, which he says confidently, proudly, beautifully. He doesn't go, and I will not be the last Jedi, and uh, we'll see how it goes, you know? (laughs) (laughs) He says it with great confidence. So that's that's talking about the text and even then somebody could go well i have a different analysis of the text and i'd look listen to the argument you know yeah yeah but to me that is a little bit of what it's a, a, about is when do these conversations when do these opinions for me become I- I- important to attach them to arguments with evidence from the text yeah yeah yeah, and I don't want to spend. This is a great question from David that we were going to yeah. we're going to take to other areas, but I, this is where it starts. <laughs> but it's where it starts for me, and where my for the last two years my state of being has been over it, where I uh, publicly can, can, can get a little more upset uh, than I want to be, and I don't like choosing that, and that's not the choice I want to make of, of igniting the lightsaber to to destroy. Um, we are we are not the type of show that that wants to pick apart that wants to live in what ifs and what could, could have beens because to me it's simple as dark side builds light side uh excuse me dark side destroys light side builds uh we just want to i just want to continue to find what's there because uh, i think i'm sharing the joy i i'm up on the mountain on fire and i'm coming down the hill and i want to preach i want to <laughs> preach the gospel of star wars because that's why we that's why it's so big and that's why you know, I love the generations, the new pr- perspectives, people finding stuff out um, for the first time. I, I, I'm not here to fight that. I'm not here to be an obstacle in front of that. I'm not here to say, you know, the new Star Wars is intentionally dark. Uh, that it offers no hope, which is a lie. <laughs> it's just a lie <laughs> when it's there because I want people to see what's there. Anyways, uh, I'm also holding a very cute sleeping chihuahua while I do this. So it's a weird juxtaposition of cute chihuahua, <laughs> angry Ken. Well, and there you go. There's juxtapositions all over Star Wars. There's the uh, the fun escapism yeah. <laughs> of the yeah. doggy and the serious ideas of mm-hmm. Ken. Yeah, it's, I know we took a little bit longer on, on the way David framed this question, but it is it's important to me to kind of uh, share why I celebrate the depth of Star Wars and why I celebrate yeah. the fun, pulpy, weird escapism. And then also, I think to also just check ourselves on, on how we talk about it because I don't mm-hmm. ever want to say that people just that I am 100% correct or we're 100% correct and people should just agree. It, to me, it's about if I'm at a party and the, somebody says they don't like a part, I'm just like, cool, why? And then hopefully I can learn something about the person and their perspective. See, I, I, But if I, you're I, making a declarative yeah. statement <laughs> that yeah. the lesson of Star Wars is the Jedi are bad and the Empire was actually right, like, okay, now yeah. you're making a statement uh, that isn't about your opinion you're making a statement about what this incredibly deep and profound story means. 
back it up with your evidence from the text. Yeah. Yeah, I, I need to learn what you do at parties. Next time someone says something, I'm just going to, oh, okay. Why? As opposed to what I do now, which is pull up my phone and block them on Twitter in front of them, <laughs> which has happened on a few occasions. True a a form of defense. A form <laughs> of defense. Story. Away with you, I say. Um, that's not, And that's not right. That's not the right way. So, anyways, uh, all right. Let's, that, yeah, yeah, move. Yeah, well, we got some good stuff coming here. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Final <laughs> thing I'll say is about, like, yeah, that, that my hope is always that it can be a, a conversation because even if i don't agree with you sometimes when when people don't like something it's because of a life experience they've had mm, and, yeah, and yeah. then and it's not just about the thing because we bring ourselves to it and then i learn something about what they like or mm-hmm. maybe i learned i had a conversation with my uh hairstylist about book of boba fett and it was great because she's a very casual star wars fan and it was mm-hmm. fascinating for me to really really in person hear that perspective of how did it land uh with somebody who you know doesn't know that planet was Camino, <laughs> yeah, yeah. you know, who, who's not, you know, uh, salivating over that, you know, yeah. uh, it, it, that's that those are the best conversations when you can learn more about the other person and disagreements don't disagreements can be a way that we can build rather than yeah. fight. Yeah. Yeah. And I just, uh, over the, over the years, I found myself less worried about box office, less worried about the making of, uh, unless it's the fun behind the scenes stories, none of the drama and all that's, all that's not something I'm interested in. It's all about, all about what is there. So anyways, uh, yeah. here's to your hairstylist. <laughs> uh, and with that, uh, we'll wrap up. No, we're going to actually answer David's direct <laughs> question instead of just questions implied by the way he framed the question. Uh, yeah. Thank you, David, for opening up all those avenues of discussion that clearly uh, Ken and I needed to have. Let's get into uh, this specific question. I'll read it again since it's been a while. Uh, he says, in your view, what are the best teachings, lines of dialogue, and general philosophies from a galaxy far, far away that help you understand and cope with the big, all-too-real global events that we have been witness to recently. And I think that's really interesting because he's framing it in terms of the how to cope with how difficult and scary and upsetting the world is, uh, as well as sometimes our own personal lives. So did you pick out a, a couple ideas, a couple of quotes, Ken? Uh, too many. Uh, too many big themes. Uh, I'll start here. Uh, this one that... that um this idea, I, I love this idea that the, the hope of tomorrow is present today and the journey that you want to start has already begun. And so that could be on a small scale, your career choice, uh, something you want to do in life, uh, you'd be a better you, you're already on it. You and, and, and this is a twin, the twin sons moment. This is the looking mm-hmm. out. Luke longing for everything, longing for a life. He, he you know, mine not on where he, he was, this I know, but like, he was already on that path. He's been on it for his entire life. He just didn't know. And that includes the big issues of, of where we're trying to maybe get to, to a better world. Uh, um, that, that hope it's already there. We're already moving towards it. So that should give you even more hope, confidence to continue. Uh, and I love the discovery of that. And star Wars is that hero's journey is not just about the hero rising up to fight the big evil. It is the hero changing, growing, making a difference, pushing towards the light. Um, head down until morning, finding hope, and 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 your journey has already begun. Oh yeah, and I think that is a, a really powerful idea that like where whatever is happening to us in our lives, even if it's not exactly what we imagined or planned, it is part of our journey. It is part of shape uh, of what shapes us to be who we are, and maybe all of the things that even felt like detours, uh, maybe there will be this this moment. Uh, where it crystallizes. And even if it was not necessarily the life you planned, 
that what have you learned because of it? What have you gained because of it? And how can you um, make the most of what your journey has been? You know, I think that yeah. applies to to big global things. You know, I, I don't think anybody charting sat down planning their life with a global pandemic in it, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and it's so easy to focus on what was lost because so much is lost and, and, and we should, we yeah, should think yeah. about how to prevent it and how to cope with it and that. But then there's also like, well, what, what did you learn? What did you discover about yourself or about the way humans are interacting or what did it reveal about our society? What, what did we, um, what, what could possibly be pro, uh, proactive out of this, uh, tragedy that we all had to live through? Yeah. Yeah. Mm, great. Yeah. Great stuff. Uh, what else you got? Uh, this, uh, this big one, it, 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 I love, um, we did that, that Yoda one. I keep referencing the, the Yoda's force lessons from Clone Wars season six. And this is the point where even I said, I was like, it's so beautiful. I wish, I wish there was an actual like billboard that said, here's the big point. <laughs> <laughs> no one could miss it ever again. Um, like I did first time around, I, it just connects to Dagobah, connects to Yoda and Dagobah, which is, is, is a big scene and a big thing about Star Wars philosophy. But this idea of it, it, that those episodes say, Directly, fear is evil. Fear is evil, and fear is is it manifests in so many different ways. But but it, to me, the, the the problem is this idea about fear of letting go, fear of change, fear of growth, and every time the Sith are examples of that. It's it's the theme of so many fights, and and you allow that fear to grow because then you become afraid of uh, losing your power, afraid of of being replaced, afraid of not being able to be up to the challenge. Therefore you don't better yourself. You don't grow. That's the big thing. And for that, it, we we're always talk about hope is the point of Star Wars, but uh, we, we love adding hope versus fear, hope over fear, finding hope within the fear because we all have those fears. They're all natural, but what do you do with them? And that's why that Yoda Phantom Menace, uh, you know, fear leads to this, leads to that, leads to suffering is so important. That's what George was trying to say. And that's what Star Wars continues to say. Um, we see in the world right now so much of the really bad things that just jump out of the headlines and grab you are based in fear. And fear so often sold by so many people as um, oh, you've got to, fear is about standing in front of the dragon. And that's part of that's a that's courage. That's courage. It's courageous stuff. But that's not the fear that we're talking about. That's not to me not the fear that leads to so much evil. Uh, yeah, it is the fear of letting go, the fear of change, the fear of growth, and uh, that's what the Sith represent, time and time again. Yeah, yeah. No, I think for me the the hope versus fear. Uh, I'm sorry, am I cutting you off? No, 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 no. You did not. Um. Yeah, I think the the hope versus fear framing of star wars is so powerful to me because yeah it, it is everywhere in star wars and i think it is one of the you know it's in plenty of other storytelling in mythology mm -hmm. but star wars is very very interested in in looking at fear in all of its aspects and yeah. uh once i opened myself to that it became so applicable to my life into my understanding of myself and in particular to understanding of the bad choices that I have made in life that have mm -hmm. caused anger and yeah. suffering. Um, I think for like a quote, Luke's just confronting fear is the destiny of a Jedi. Like mm -hmm. that's the billboard you're talking about to me. Like it's everywhere in star Wars and yeah. Yoda's, you know, <laughs> fear leads to anger, anger leads to hate, hate leads to suffering is, is a billboard, but also just Luke just re setting that uh, saying, it was fear that made me throw the lightsaber away. It was fear that kept me 
on this island. The idea that fear is something that has many negative impacts, that it can keep you from acting because Mm -hmm. fear is often about how it's a way, hope and fear are both ways to react to the future that hasn't happened yet. Hope is proactive where you are hoping for the best and acting on it and believing in the possibility that things could get better, even marginally, um, and then taking action to make that come true within your power. And fear is this bad thing might happen. And I think for me that has manifested in, you know, if I don't get this gig or this person doesn't mention this, then, uh, you know, uh, then I will feel unwanted or unloved, but you don't, the problem is we don't often, we're not necessarily trained to examine that flash of fear. Yeah. And if you spend time trying to examine it, you can go, Ooh, I really don't like what happened because it makes me afraid that this even worse thing will happen. Or, you know, I I, even like, I don't want to apply to this, you know, if you're younger, I don't want to apply to this college because what if they reject me? You know, it stops you from moving forward and it makes you often lash out in anger if you feel threatened. And it, so it can be this very personal thing, it, you know, confronting fear can be about applying to college, <laughs> yeah. can be about, you know, uh, d- writing a poem for the first time. Because what if it sucks and what if I'm bad and what if everybody sees and laughs at me and <laughs> takes away my power uh, and my control? Um, and it can also be just be weaponized. And, and I think to, mm-hmm. to the big picture, that that's what Star Wars tells so, so well about the the big picture is this classic thing that happens of, you know, a, a, a figure that wants power needs your power, the, in, the group's power to get their power. And they get it by making you afraid of the other, the other is coming for you. And the only way you're going to get by it is to hand your power to me. It is a lie and it is getting people to willingly give up their own power because you have stirred this fear of, uh, the other taking something from you. Uh, that's just exactly what's going on in the, in the prequel uh, story. And, and sadly, it's exactly what we're seeing in some of the horrific things that are going on in the world right now. 100%. 100%. Lucas even addresses that in the Star Wars Archives books. And that was a book, uh, that was an interview was a couple of years ago, saying this about Attack of Clones, about the prequels. Uh, it's uh, him saying, eh, you, you look around and it's, it's all there. It's all happening. And it's all, it's all uh, what I was trying to talk about. Yeah. Yeah. So for me, just kind of moment wise, quote wise, the confronting fears, the destiny of a Jedi is just, it's just mm-hmm. a great little reminder. You know, I think it is also about like uh, all of the Jedi's confrontations with the sort of the big bads are also this uh, analogy for like, well, what do you fear? What's the hardest thing for you to deal with? You know, mm-hmm. uh, Vader, Palpatine, <laughs> yeah. uh, you know, uh, the dishes today, whatever it is, confront it because you will feel better by confronting it and then uh just uh quickly uh, on this general topic i think the other thing with with fear is you know it can hold you back but then like yoda says it can lead to anger right if you're afraid of something getting angry about it makes you feel powerful uh and uh, two quotes that that i really love there is uh in attack the clones padme saying to anakin to be angry is to be human um I love this idea that that Padme has the wisdom to be like, it's not bad to be angry. It's totally natural. Bad things happen or we're uh, frightened or we're legitimately wronged. Um, and we get angry uh, and it is so tempting to act on it. And maybe maybe uh, anger can spur you to a productive action. 
but just lashing out uh, is usually going to cause yourself pain, right? Of uh, I'm I'm afraid of X, so I'm going to push back, and I didn't actually stop X from happening. <laughs> it just <Yeah. laughs> caused Y problem. Um, and I also really like that that's reflected in that Star Wars uh, Clone Wars uh, Yoda arc we've been talking about a lot, where the Force Priestess Serenity talks to Yoda after he uh, confronts his dark side. Uh, it, and Yoda's like, oh, I hadn't really been thinking about my dark side because I just was kind of complacent and had the hubris that, like, I beat that a long time ago. Right. <laughs> and, and Serenity says to Yoda, to deny it simply gives it power. Mm-hmm. So we talk a lot about fear, but I think anger comes out of fear. And I think it's so important to, to, to dealing with big picture stuff to recognize, okay, I'm angry and maybe I'm legitimately right to be angry. It's so easy to be angry about so many things are going on in the world. But then the question is, are you going to lash out and spread more anger? Or are you going to find a way to make the anger productive to actually make the world a better place? Yeah. Yeah. And we, and, and Star Wars also deals so much with the choices, right? And, and that Yoda arc deals a lot of, of, here's what happens. Something bad. How, how do you act to it? How do you react to it? How, what choice do you make? Um, you have control of that. Yeah. Yeah. So those are a couple of big ones for me. I have uh, one other, um, but I want to uh, pitch yeah. back to you. What else you got? Yeah. As far as like little scenes and everything and, and, and lines, um, apologize. I didn't write down all the, the lines. No, that's exactly. Fine. Yeah. But I love, uh, you know, Shmi Skywalker is such an important character. I really, really believe that. And that's even without, we got some additional information coming out of like the Padme book and everything. If, if you never have another new bit of, of Shmi storytelling, um, you'd still have great value. Now I hope we get more Shmi, but Phantom Menace, man, her, the strength of her, not just as a mother, but just as, as a as a being, a living being in this galaxy, the strength to let Anakin go and face that fear is is something that I I really, mm. really take a lot of strength from. And then what she says and the stuff with Anakin and, you know, you say, you know, people, biggest problem is people never help each other. It's all powerful stuff there, but it's all centered around Shmi and her heart and and what she uh believes and 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 it's real powerful stuff and and i i think that's why i love I, i've just grown to love phantom menace more and more and more because that stuff is is there and it's present the big lessons and the big purpose yeah and, and I, I mean the the quote from shmi that i think of probably the most they're all great but that you can't stop change any more than you can stop the suns yeah. from setting right that's this really powerful thing for anakin and for the story of star wars that like yeah is individuals we all have power and we have a choice to use it. And even extremely powerful people like Anakin and, and Ray still have a limit to what they can control. Right. Yeah, yeah. Um, that, you know, that even goes to like, you know, uh, there's at one point where Padme says to Anakin, you're not all powerful. He says, well, I should be right. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. To me, this is about change. Like, uh, in an ideal world, we all have agency and we can all kind of make change in our lives or, or we can all all sort of defend against like negative change, like somebody literally actually attacking us, you know, um, but we're not all powerful and the world is going to change around us. And we can either be afraid about that or we can be hopeful about that. But the first step is some things are going to happen that you absolutely can't control because no one is all powerful and that's, you know, a part of why it matters that that we're a big symbiotic group, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that yeah. no one individual controls everything. No one individual is powerful enough to stop the suns from setting. Yeah. Ah, oh, great stuff there. 
uh, other yeah. other other moments for me. I've just become I I I've really started to appreciate Jen's uh, speech. Uh, not not the uh, the the big speech with Noah Jabel uh, fighting against her there, but the the <laughs> one uh, that until the chances are spent speech. Mm. And that just works a lot of times on a hey, we're gonna you know let's 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 make this happen creatively. Let's take a shot. Let's do this, and and we're gonna go. We're gonna go until the chances are spent, and and then we'll deal with that there. It's just become it's almost like a rah 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 coach's speech in a way. But I just I appreciate, it, which is weird because when that when that scene was first kind of being shown in the trailers, I remember being like, I don't know about this cheesy dialogue they got in this world. Let me see. <laughs> So uh, a lesson for me to just uh, see what's there for you to engage with it there. Um, uh, I, I would I'd be remiss if I didn't mention uh, Han and Ben's uh, final moments, that dream. Uh, you and mm. I love the, the we call the, te- the, the, the cheek touch of compassion. <laughs> kind of saves the galaxy. <laughs> but for it to come back and rise to Skywalker and just mean so much compassion in the face of, of utter um, fear and hate. Uh, it, it's it's not always going to be the answer. It's not it, it might be the start of the answer, but it's just a powerful reminder uh, of what it is and, and, and a lot of other things that work in that scene to be clear. So there, and a couple tiny ones, a couple tiny ones. And I'll kick, yeah. kick, kick it back to you, Joseph. Um, <laughs> uh, I, I love, I, I cannot un- underestimate and undervalue, uh, uh, how much I love Danny Trejo's rancor scene with Boba Fett mm. about, uh, what you are, or what people think you are. It's not who you are. It's so powerful. And that's why all Anything you want to say about the book of Boba Fett and things that I might go, yeah, okay, yeah, maybe you're right. Maybe they should have done. Maybe the marketing. This I totally agree with you. I would take it all. I would take all the warts just to have that scene in Star Wars. Love that one there. And then the final it's, one, uh, yeah, it's, yeah uh, that 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 one is is so powerful because it it, it 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 has a slightly different spin on you know the lesson that we can get many places of like you choose who you are, but that specific idea of like. Yeah, the Rancor, and via metaphor, you, Boba Fett, you're really strong and you're really good at fighting. So there mm-hmm. is, it's that truth about mm-hmm. you, but people are trying to make you be that one thing. It's a real lesson, yeah. not just about being who you are, but allowing yourself to be multifaceted. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. All in the face of a little uh, doggy, as Danny Trejo said. <laughs> and the final one, you want to talk about, uh, go back to David's original question of, you know, when all this is going on, there are a line of dialogue. Is there something that you kind of go to to help you cope? How about this, man? Chewie hugging Han in Jabba's palace, uh, Return of the Jedi, and Han just going, I'm all right, pal. <laughs> I'm all right. We all need a good Wookiee hug at a friend in the corner to help get you through. Yeah. Oh, that is absolutely great. Absolutely yeah. great. Um, the the Jin one is also really powerful, I think, for dealing with big world stuff because it's so easy to let uh, doubt, fear, nihilism creep in. And yeah. when the victory looks far away, that's the thing that I see a lot where it, people are get crushed by how awful things can be. Yeah, yeah. And they always have a reason that you can't. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, it, it connects to Yoda's uh, always with him. It cannot be done. You know, and the way Jin lays that out is like, yeah, no, the odds are very, very small. That's not a reason to not try. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. that's real about like, that's the value of hope. Like we're, we're going to keep trying uh, yeah. because nothing's going to happen if we don't. Yeah, yeah, it jump jumping uh, franchises uh, and properties, but King Theoden saying, "What can we do against so much suffering?" or whatever the exact line is, and and, and Aragorn standing and saying, "Ride out with me." Um, that is uh, is similar to the Jin moment of we we keep going, we keep going. Yep, keep going. Yeah. Uh, final one for me is uh, the classic uh, Luke Skywalker Yoda conversation in Empire Strikes Back, 
And uh, I think there's elements of it that I didn't fully appreciate, but it, it got to me when I was a kid. It worked the way Star Wars was supposed to because I thought lightsabers were cool. And I thought Luke was cool. And I thought yeah. Yoda was weird and funny and I had their action figures and I wanted to memorize every line. And then as I got into my teen years and was watching it on pan and scan VHS again and again, it hit me on a deeper level. So I always want to celebrate it of the training moment where uh, Luke asks, is the dark side stronger? And Master Yoda says, no, no, quicker, easier, more seductive. And Luke says, how am I to know the good side from the bad? And Yoda says, you will know when you are calm, at peace, passive. A Jedi uses the force for knowledge and defense, never for attack. And even as a kid, it challenged me because like I'm on board with all of it. I get it. And like, yeah, but come on. Sometimes you got to attack, right? Right, right. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but going through that, going through all these beats in in life of like, yeah, no, the dark side it's it's not stronger, but it's very powerful because it, it's anger's quick to join you in a fight and it makes you feel powerful in the moment. It's seductive, right? Yeah. You you it's easy to want to lash out, uh, you know, but then there's that real question of like, well, what what are you going to get out of that? Is it the most productive way to get what you actually want? It's not about even being polite, like don't mm-hmm. get angry. It's about is it going to serve you in, yeah. in what you truly want? Um so that one is always uh, extremely powerful. And uh, it, just the idea of you will know the difference when you're calm, at peace, passive. That relates to me from huge life stuff to, again, just like, don't send, you get that annoying email at 8.30, don't send the response. <laughs> <laughs> you will know the right way to respond, get some sleep. Mm-hmm. watch a joyful moment of of star wars take a deep breath and you'll know yeah that's really powerful to me love it love it yeah hey, star wars is pretty good it's real good there's mm-hmm. a lot a lot uh remixing some of uh the things that we've been uh, talking about in the past uh definitely but um i think it was uh important uh to tackle this stuff when all these conversations are going on, uh, everything from the sort of day to day of how we talk about stories to how we use these stories uh, to cope with big life stuff. Any final thoughts from you? No, it, you know, I always joke, I get a little grumpy, but it's like I'm working through my stuff. I'm working through this idea of like I feel sometimes uh, we're up against a tidal wave, and 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 what can we do? And I'm just talking about the even just the movie discussion world where you know eleven thousand people watch a, a show that's just spewing uh, hate and lies. And and the, our our message and the other podcasts out there just wanted to celebrate Star Wars, talk about what's there, talk about the inspiration. It's lost, and you feel lost. And I'm feeling that lately, and I don't want to. And so I'm going to keep taking the chances until the chances are spent. And and I think I needed to hear this today, David. It's a great question. Yeah, no, and uh, that that'll be my final thought to to bring it back to the choices that you know, <laughs> mm-hmm. you and I and lots of people in the in the you know uh, the pundit world of of pop culture and lots of other things. It, it, the the is the dark side stronger, quicker, easier, more seductive? That is huge spiritual, uh, political mm-hmm. leadership, but it is also it applies to everything, right? Because like, yeah. uh, for example, uh, we we have our qualms, but here at Four Center, we we love Rise of Skywalker. We would get more clicks if we said that in an angry and hateful way, right? Yeah. If, if we put out a tweet saying, here's our podcast that shows why people who don't like Rise of Skywalker are idiots, mm-hmm. we would get twice the engagement, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, because it's quicker, easier, more seductive. <laughs> so yeah. it's just that quote, that reminder of like, yeah, but what will that get you in the end? What are you contributing to the world yeah. when 
you choose to put that out that out there that way instead of uh you know a little mm-hmm. bit more of um we're discussing it from a <laughs> a place of knowledge and defense hopefully not attack yeah hopefully i'm usually the one to pick up the saber first around these parts so i'll put it down, <laughs> I'll put it down. uh well uh I, I pick up the saber often in my day-to-day life and have to <laughs> to go through this it's a part of the reason these conversations are so valuable thank you everyone uh, who tuned into this episode of questions of the force and listened to uh three fun bouncy questions and then <laughs> an entirely different uh, back half of the episode with this great question uh, from David uh, balancing lots of thoughts about Star Wars. If you want to put in questions, everything from the deep and the profound to the very uh, just absurd and fun, uh, you can do that by going to our Twitter page and we have a pinned tweet calling for questions. We've got some great ones coming up. And if you're a patron on Patreon, we post a call for questions every two to three months. Um, I'm going to be checking it this week. And if it needs some refreshing, I'll, I'll put up a new post. But that is how to get these questions to us. And with that, Ken, I will pass the talking baton to you to let people know where they can find us. Absolutely. We're on Twitter at Force Center Pod. And hey, you know what? Do us a favor. Reach out on Twitter if you're on there. Use the hashtag Force Center so we can find it easier. And, and tweet a, a scene or a line or a moment that you draw inspiration from. We'd love to see that. We'd love to have that conversation uh, ongoing with all of you. You can also find us on Instagram and YouTube. Thank you to all of you who joined the live stream last Friday on Friday, May 13th. It was a lot of fun. We really had a lot of fun uh, and we're going to do it again. Facebook page is Force Center Podcast. Podcast available on a lot of different spots, including ACAST, iHeartRadio, and Apple Podcasts. Hey, drop us a review on Apple Podcasts if you're there. Merch available at tpublic.com slash user slash Force Center. Patreon.com slash Force Center is where you can support us directly if you'd like to. From there, you get into the Discord where you can have a daily conversation with Force Center friends. It's always a fun time over there. You can follow me at Cadnapsock. Go to my website, Cadnapsock.com for information on more things I do, including a comedy show coming up if you're local in SoCal, June 4th at the Troubadour, famous music venue, but we're doing some comedy there. Me, Mark Ellis, headliner Ryan Sickler, uh, Tyler Boone doing some music as well. Uh, ticket information on my website at kenapsock.com. Joseph, where can they find you? Yeah, you can find me Twitter, Instagram, TikTok is at Joseph Scrimshaw. I recently did a TikTok about that weird emperor action figure that we both love, so check that out. You can also go to my website, josephscrimshaw.com. I'll be updating it uh, soon with some fun stuff happening in the future. Uh, But for now, for myself, for Ken, for that deluxe Boba Fett action figure that I'm going to take out of the package, this has been Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. 
Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.